It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 788 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, September the 18th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Go give a follow over there. I'm actually using that account a little bit more now, as opposed to just being a home for links. So go give it a follow. Much appreciated when you do that. All right. No time to waste off the top here. We have a loaded show for you here on today's show we are revisiting our preseason over under prop bets that uh every year myself Vivek Jacob and Sahal Abdi go uh and and make before the season begins of course uh with the four and a half month shutdown in between the middle of the season and the end of it uh this is uh, 11 months in the making I believe exactly 11 months to the day it's been since we did our over under bets and so it's I, I don't remember really anything from it it's been a long time we last checked in on them at the halfway point of the season around January 22nd which is like eight months ago and so or I guess nine months ago almost god the time is flying while also standing still it's unbelievable and so we're just going to rattle through these and see who wins uh the over under bets for 2019 20 of course Vivek Jacob is the two-time champion and he is here now Vivek how's it going buddy are you feeling good about defending your crown Uh, I should remind the listeners at the halfway point Sahal was leading with 10 points Vivek had five points I had eight and uh, things may have changed, they may not have. Vivek, how you feeling? I don't. I actually don't feel good. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> Sahal probably has enough in the bag. Yeah, that, I feel like that's enough of a lead for him to protect. So I don't expect to be crowned a third-time champion, which is fine. You know, back to back. <laughs> you win everything else on this stupid podcast whenever we do contest form to anyway so you're uh you're, you're sitting pretty take a break Vivek, man take a break <laughs> the other voice you hear is of course sahal abdi from rappers republic sahal how are you buddy i'm great i'm great and you know what all the pressure's on me for this one so if i do end up losing this um just hit me up on twitter i'm gonna be really sad um, so give me your condolences, give me whatever strength you can give me because, um, the pressure's on me to hold this lead, uh, all the way back in January. So I'm excited. Well, uh, just a refresher on the concept for everybody before we dive into, uh, the final tally of who wins the over under prop bet contest uh, at the start of the season, I put together 15 over unders and or prop bets for the Raptors throughout the regular season and into the postseason, uh, covering a whole bunch of different things from different players stats to, 
Uh, will this player play more than this player? Will Serge Ibaka throw X number of punches? It's all, uh, there's a lot of fun ones in here. And so we're going to go back and we are going to uh, relive it all in, in the form of these questions and relive the season that just took place and uh, see who comes out on top with the most correct answers. We all gave an answer to all of these and they're all very different. And uh, let's start right now. And we have a swing from the halfway point of the season on the very first question, which uh, makes things interesting off the top. Uh, the first question was Pascal Siakam points per game over under 23.0 at the time. I believe Pascal was chugging along at about 24 points a game. And in the time since Pascal Siakam had a rough go in the eight bubble games, he, you know, his scoring went up and down It oscillated. His efficiency went up and down and he finished the season with 22.9 points per game. Oh board. my goodness. You hear Sahal saying, oh, my goodness. That's because he picked the over 23.0. So did I. Vivek took the under. So Vivek gets the first point on the board here in the final tally of our over-under bets. Vivek, how do you feel about Pascal Siakam? Second-team All-NBA selection, Pascal Siakam, I should say, getting you a point here by dropping his scoring average. I mean, I don't feel great about it. I wish he would have continued <laughs> I would have been happy to be wrong about this one. Uh, I wish he would have continued on in the way that he started. Uh, I believe before he got injured, those first 27 games or so before de December, he averaged 25 and eight and mm. he looked incredible, right? Like every part of his game was working the three ball um, driving, driving in the face up game, even the post ups, everything was clicking for him and, uh, things sort of went south from there a, a little bit, tailed off, which is kind of understandable. Uh, this was his first year as the number one option. So I think once teams got a look at him and what he was doing, they were able to go ahead and make their adjustments. And so uh, I think some of the tailing off was to be expected, but obviously to me, the player we saw in the bubble is not a reflection of the player he really is. Mm -hmm. And, I think, you know, there, there's uh, a few different circumstances that led to that. Obviously, some of that you have to credit to uh, defenses, you know, honestly, maybe even being more prepared for him. And so, mm. you know, it was a tough go in the bubble. But, hey, uh, either way, I think the, before the season, if you would have told me he was going to average 22.9, I would have said that's a really good accomplishment in his first year as a number one option. Totally agreed there. It's a shame that you get this point for multiple reasons, um, but you do have it nonetheless. And you are in the driver's seat after one question. We have 14 questions to go, so don't get too comfortable. Uh, question number two on the list, Pascal Siakam, 30-point games. I set the over-under at 13.5. I took the under as a hedge because I wanted to get one of the two points off the top. Vivek took the under as well, and Sahal took the over. I hedged wrong both times. Sahal gets the point here 15 times. Pascal Siakam scored 30 or more points. Sahal, uh, dance on our graves on this question a little bit if you'd like. <laughs> you know what? To be honest, um, Vivek, Vivek put it perfectly. Pascal, you know, as, as much as I, I lost or whatever, took the little L in the last question, you know, 22.9 this is what it is. I was 0.1 off. Um, you look at Pascal, the overall season he had, even including the bubble, you just take a, a bigger step back and you, and you, from start to finish, you look at what Pascal's accomplished for this team. He just recently 
um, got uh, announced on the All-NBA all second team. Pascal's been fantastic. He had a great, great year. Of course, it didn't end the way, you know, Raptors fans and, um, and, 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 and Pascal himself or, or the team expected. But um, this was a question for me that I'm not going to act like I, 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 I knew – 100% was going to happen by any by any chance. But Pascal, I really just, from what I saw in the finals last season, the playoff run, um, I believe that Pascal was never really going to become um, superstar, top five, maybe even 10 player in the world, at, maybe even at any point in his career. And I think that's okay. That's okay for Pascal Siakam. That's, that's distinguished territory. That's Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James territory. I never thought Pascal was going to really reach that level. Um, but... I think Pascal, um, after what I saw, uh, would almost was almost guaranteed uh, if he put in the work to become a perennial all-star. And I think we're seeing the beginning of a very good run um, of prime seasons for Pascal Siakam. So for me, um, of course, it's good to take the point. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. The pressure's still on me, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I concur on everything you guys said about Pascal there. Uh, he's going to be much better, and he's going to take this. Also, uh, a motion to have every game next season to be against the New Orleans Pelicans or the Phoenix Suns because uh, Pascal <laughs> eviscerated both of those teams both times he played them. Shout out to Pascal. Right. Uh, we, we move on. He did also destroy Detroit in that one game. Poor Christian Wood, that poor bastard. Uh, oh, <laughs> he'll get a payday this offseason to make him not feel so sad about it. Either way, after two questions, it's one point, Sahal, one point for Vivek, and zero for me. We move on to question number three. We all got killed on this one. We don't need to spend too much time on it. Where the question was, who's going to start more games, Fred Van Vliet or Norman Powell? Hmm. It didn't work out so well for us on this one. Uh, Fred Van Vliet starts more games, not even close. Uh, I think I, actually, I got to pull up the thing here. I lost the page for the Raptors. Uh, I had it pulled up and then I lost it. Um, I think it might have been a little bit closer than we would have expected, considering Norm, uh, you know, got in for some injuries and stuff like that. But uh, sorry, this is bad podcasting. The final tally for game started Fred Van Vliet 54, Norm Powell 26. So, yeah, we don't need to spend too much time on that one. None of us get the point there. We move on to number four. The question here Kyle Lowry, total points plus rebounds plus assists. A question that typically I am very optimistic with and was not this year. The over-under was set at 29.0. I took the under. You guys both took the over. And Kyle Lowry ends up 19.4 points, 7.5 assists, which gets him up to 27, and then 5 rebounds to 32. You guys both get the point here, and I'm still skunked at 0 points. Vivek, quickly to you. Um, just maybe a comment on Kyle and his ability to just like, I don't know, go from last year where he was uh, like Steve Nash, but with less offense and then just decide this year, oh yeah, I can drive to the basket again. I can score at the rim at will and I'm going to average almost 20 points a game just because my team needs it. It's like an absurd ability he has. Yeah, in the words of Masai, he's a stud. He yeah. is incredible. And I, I honestly part of why I was confident he would beat that number is because of the games where Kawhi did not feature last season and you just saw him step up to the plate and, you know, he showed the scoring that he's still very much capable of having big games. And so to me last year, it very much looked like he was just stepping back and catering to Kawhi as opposed to him having a drop off in his level. So now stepping into a more prominent role. I fully expected him uh, to, you know, just 
just kill it. And he did. And again, you know, he, he leads from the front uh, with everything that he does, the scoring. You know, I think the one thing that maybe impressed me the most uh, outside of the, the shooting that we've come to expect is it seemed like his in-between game was back. And he seemed like he had that extra step, uh, you know, extra pep to his step. And I think we saw against Boston how key it was that he had that in-between game because he had that mid-range jumper that he could go to when he when Boston would take away the paint and the three. And so, uh, yeah, very complete uh, performance this season. And I, I genuinely believe he can do this for a few years. Yeah, I disagree with Masai. I don't think it can go on for another 10 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, definitely, I think he's got another two to three years at this level because of how well he takes care of his body, how competitive he is, and how smart he is. Yeah, if we got a glimpse of the future of Kyle Lowry in the postseason in the form of him backing down Kemba Walker for 13 seconds before turning around to hit a 12-footer, uh, that that works for me. I love that. Uh, very down. Uh, we are going to get into the final 11 questions here on our over-unders for the 2019-20 season for the Raptors in just a second. But first, a reminder that uh, there are other Toronto sports going on right now. Go check out Locked On Blue Jays with AJ Andrews as well as Locked On Leafs with Mike DiStefano to get all of the latest on the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jays as they continue on the Leafs in the offseason, the Blue Jays moving towards the playoffs. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys. The fifth question on our rundown here. Higher value over replacement player between OG Ananobi and Norman Powell. The three of us all said OG on this one. And very closely, he does end up edging out Norm Powell. 1.7 value over replacement player to Norm Powell's 1.5. If you go on a per-game basis... Norm actually would have surpassed OG in this category. He missed, he played 17 fewer games in OG. Norm was amazing. Doesn't quite get there, but Sahal, I mean, Norm's season was incredible. Obviously the playoffs weren't quite the same. He had his moments here and there, obviously game six against the Celtics. He ended up coming out and, you know, doing his thing and being incredible and invaluable in the overtime. But like how much of this season from Norm do you believe is like legit going forward? You know, the, the, the important thing, I think, with Norm is that um, a lot of his career from the point um, to where the Raptors traded Grievous Vasquez and acquired him with the Milwaukee Bucks pick in the second round, the point to where he joined their team to literally today, um, I think with Norm, you see a consistent high work ethic. And that's why I think a lot of Raptors fans were very confident in his, in his rookie season that um, – he would at least have a very high floor in the NBA. He would be one of the players that at least he would stay in the NBA, whether it be a role player. He, he, he might not ever become a starter, or that's what at least some people were thinking early on, but he's going to stay in the NBA. And I think with Norm, we've seen flashes upon flashes upon flashes. And I think this year was really the year that he just put everything together um, when the Raptors needed a bucket. I think Nick Nurse, I don't want to quote him incorrectly here, but I'm, Pretty sure, you know, especially for my Raptors media friends out there, um, 
he was I want to paraphrase he said something about Norm Powell being their best one-on-one player mm-hmm. um, I believe it was in training camp um, where Norm one-on-one is an extremely 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 hard you know player to defend um, and I, I believe I don't know if it was game four or game five of the Celtic series where they gave it to him for the last second shot and he missed it I don't remember if it was game three four or five one of those games but um, a lot of people around me, I was watching that game with friends, and a lot of people around me were confused as to why Norman Powell got that shot. But I think it's just, it just goes to show how much trust Nick Nurse and his staff have, have put into Norm Powell and his, and his ability to score um, one-on-one and his ability to score when the game counts. So I think Norm uh, has been a fantastic you know, uh, part of the Toronto Raptors, has been an important part, and a part that I think Masai wants to continue to build around. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think the finishing is very real. I know he had his issues at times in the bubble and particularly in the playoffs, but I, I really, you know, the Celtics defense, I think, kind of forces you out of your comfort zone a little bit. And yeah. I I think the strides he showed on that and the control he showed when he got into traffic and sort of the the wisdom that he's kind of learned to not just go balls to the wall all the time. I think that's going to carry over. And I think Norm, you know, maybe he's never like a reliable starter all the time, but off the bench, dude, he can score like 16 yeah. a game. Hell yeah. He was amazing this season. Sean, Sean, yeah. this was a guy that was coming out of UCLA who literally his biggest thing was that people said he couldn't shoot. Yeah. And now you look at him it's like he's, he's shooting pull up 28 footers <laughs> and hitting them on Jalen Brown's head. So it's Hell like, yeah. Now we're confident when he's shooting those type of shots. It just goes to show this guy has uh, such high work ethic that I think it just rubs off on the rest of his teammates. For sure. Uh, we move on now to the next question here in our rundown. The score after five questions. Sahal and Vivek both with three points. Me with a piddly ass one point so far. I'm getting a point on this one, though. The next question. Marcus Gasol, field goal attempts per 36 minutes. I set the over-under at 12.5. And boy, oh boy, did the under ever come in. (laughs) This season, Marcus Gasol, 8.7 field goal attempts per 36 minutes. The third lowest mark of the team ahead of only Patrick McCaw and Malcolm Miller, the two guys who don't like shooting at all. Uh, He did not want to shoot this year. And because of that, I get the point. I took the under. Sahal took the under. And Vivek, you took the over. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Vivek, like... How surprised are you that you didn't get even close to this point? I mean, at what point in the season? I'm sure this is something you've been thinking about all year. This exactly one point on this very important exercise we do. But at what point in the season did you get to the point where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't think I'm getting that point? Um, Pretty early in the season. (laughs) Yeah, I think, think, you know, uh, some of it was probably – the the bias I had from the way he played at the FIBA World Cup for Spain and how they used him offensively. And, you know, in the semis he had that he had a thirty point game. And, you know, looking at look at looking at how many touches were going to be available with Kawhi gone, with Danny not shooting threes, you know, something I really wanted him to do was really shoot that three ball. And I would have been perfectly fine with him taking five, six threes a game. And that never came to fruition. And I, I really think that's something that hurt the Raptors that, you know, there was, I thought there were just too many occasions where the ball was swinging around the perimeter and he wasn't even looking at the basket. And on some level, you have to present yourself as some kind of offensive threat because what that did now, it even took away his, his passing skill because now when everyone's anticipating the pass, 
that's what they're playing for. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I, th- I think especially, you know, we, uh, Nick Nurse would talk about, oh, you know, the guys aren't cutting as much for Mark and that's why we're not seeing the assists. I really think because of the fact that guys like Daniel Thais uh, and other bigs who were defending him were able to just drop on the rolls and just play deep in the paint, it, 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 there's no real point in cutting because now there's two at the rim and and, and he's not looking to shoot. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't expect him to shoot as, as, you know, infrequently as he did. And I, and I do think that hurt the team. Yeah, absolutely. It actually stuns me to scroll along basketball reference here and see that Marcus Gasol averaged more shot attempts per 36 minutes in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. That feels impossible, but it's yeah. true. Um, yeah, it, it definitely hurt. I, you know, I can't say I, I'm upset to watch Marcus Gasol pass. It's just a balance would have been a little bit nicer. We move on to the next number seven here on our list. We can go through this one pretty quickly. More total minutes played. Stanley Johnson or Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Sahal and I both took Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Vivek took Stanley Johnson. And I'm sorry to tell you, Vivek, but it wasn't even close. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson plays 1,122 minutes on the team. Good for ninth overall on the team. And uh, Stanley Johnson comes in 14th with 150 total minutes played. So, But hey, we will uh, never forget Bubble Stanley. We will never forget Bubble Stanley. Um, I mean, he's going to be on the team next year. And if the season's in a bubble again, watch the fuck out because uh, that's clearly (laughs) the environment where Stanley Johnson thrives. We're going to go on to question number eight. More total points scored between Terrence Davis and Patrick McCaw. I believe this one is also not particularly close. Yes, Terrence Davis, seventh on the team in total points, 543. Patrick McCaw, 12th on the team in total points at 202. We haven't talked about Patrick McCaw in a little while. Actually, it was 170. My bad. Um, we haven't talked about McCaw in a while. He wasn't there in the bubble, obviously, dealing with a knee injury. I think he played like one game and then was gone. So, Hall, did Patrick McCaw, did the lack of Patrick McCaw affect anything in the playoffs for you? If Patrick McCaw were there, do you think the Raptors may have had more success in the postseason? You know, noted offensive wizard Patrick McCaw. Um... Short answer, no. Um, <laughs> Patrick McCaw, um, I, I believe he would have got minutes. I think Nick Nurse, we all know he's a big fan of Patrick McCaw. I think he would have found his way onto the court at one way. One way or another, he would have been on the court, um, you know, thrown on Jason Tatum for a possession, Kemba for a possession, Jalen Brown. Nick Nurse will, will do anything he thinks will work. He'll experiment. He, he just doesn't – he doesn't really um, follow the norms of, of coaching sometimes, but – um, and usually it works, but I think Patrick McCaw, the, the Raptors' biggest problem was scoring. Um, there were a lot of times in the series where they held Boston. Um, they held their offensive output to next to nothing, and um, just Toronto just couldn't score on the other end, and I don't think Patrick McCaw's making a, a change in that. So, Patrick, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm sure Patrick accepts your apology. Uh, next one here. <laughs> Let's uh, go to the next one here. Uh, who will be the Raptors' second leading scorer? I think presumably uh, Pascal Siakam was who we had in mind as the leading scorer. Obviously, that came to fruition. Number two on the team. I said it was going to be Norman Powell. Vivek and Sahal both said it was going to be Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry finishes number two at 19.4 points a game. Fred Van Vliet third at 17.6. Norm at 16.0. And then Serge Ibaka at 15.4. So some real heavy contenders in this one. But it is Kyle Lowry who comes through at number two. 
My question to you, Vivek, is are you surprised that Fred Van Vliet ended up third? I know, like, based on our sort of answers here, I think we all kind of underestimated what Fred was going to do this season. We didn't think he was going to start, and we didn't have him finishing, you know, near the top of the scoring list for the team. Are, are you surprised by sort of how far it seems Fred overshot expectations going into this year? Yeah, I, I would have to say so. Just because I think going into the season, I just thought Norman Powell would fit the starting lineup better. And and not, not just Norman Powell fitting the starting lineup better. I, I thought you needed someone to run the bench unit. And so I thought that would be, it would be easier to stagger the minutes if you had Kyle starting and Fred coming off the bench. And so from that standpoint, you know, the expectations I would have had for him in a bench role you know, he, he surpassed all of those by a long shot. And I think the biggest thing that we take away from this season is seeing just how effective both Kyle and Fred could be in a backcourt defensively. And, you know, obviously there are some aspects of it that you look back and, and sort of wonder how, uh, what the ceiling is for that backcourt just because of the length of that Boston presented and the issues that presented. But I think overall on the season, they were incredible. You, you know, Fred led the league in deflections and he plays such a big part in what the Raptors do defensively. And he's super smart. Offensively, I think there's some easy fixes, frankly, uh, to, to take him to that next level. I, I think it was kind of feast of famine with the three and driving to the rim. And I think if he can add the mid-range pull-up where he's able to cross a guy and then just pull up in the mid range instead of feeling like he has to get all the way to the rim and throw up a tough shot. I think that's something that's really going to open up his offensive game. And yeah, I, I think right now you've got a really quality starter that you want to keep alongside Pascal and OG and Nick nurse for plenty of years to come. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think I am uh, very comfortable bringing Fred back. He also feels like a guy similar to Pascal that's going to add stuff. I think we forget sometimes that, you know, they're so seasoned because of all their playoff runs and the title and everything. And they are a little bit older, you know, in fairness, coming out of school. But, like, they're both only in – they're done their fourth years in the NBA. Like, they, they have lots of room to grow. And here's hoping Fred can – add to what was a very good repertoire he had this season we're going to continue on and finish up with our final five or six questions six questions here on the over under rundown but first i want to tell everybody about built bar which is the best tasting protein bar you're ever going to try and they have brand new flavors for you as well to dive on into six new flavors to be exact to join their original complement of 12 flavors caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry bar cl lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisper all the new ones you can get your hands on in addition to those original flavors, including toffee almond, which is my favorite. You should get the toffee almond. It is very, very good. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew as well. Built Bar is also great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for keto diets as well. You've got the peanut butter flavor. You've got 19 grams of protein in that bad boy, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, and five grams of net carbs. Or you have the cherry bar, 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. And right now, Built Bar is offering you a free cooler with your purchase. When you head over to BuiltBar.com, there's a limited stock. So make sure you're getting over there right now to get that cooler. That's BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get 10 bucks off your next order along with the cooler. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for 10 bucks off at BuiltBar.com. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, let's uh, round it out here. Question number 10 on the list. I should reset the scores as of right now. Sahal currently with seven points through nine questions. Vivek with five me with four i still got time to come back baby uh this next one serge Ibaka punches throne uh the over under was set at two and a half i took the over i thought he might get antsy and also uh the the lopez brothers were playing together and i thought that maybe was my re- like my reasoning for maybe he's gonna throw more than two and a half punches i believe he did not end up throwing any punches this year it was a very tame and docile season for serge Ibaka. Uh, both Vivek and Sahal took the under. You guys get the points there. No need to linger on that one too much. Maybe next year he'll choke out Marquise Chris now that Marquise Chris is <laughs> in the NBA playing good basketball for the Warriors. Uh, the next one here, in-season <laughs> trades made by the Raptors. Over-under, set at one and a half. I took the under. You two both took the over. I get the point here, right? They didn't make any trades, did they? Uh, no, they did not. Hell yeah. They stood pat. Should they, in retrospect, time to get sports radio-y, Vivek Jacob, should the Toronto Raptors have made a trade at the deadline to better set themselves up for a series against the Celtics that they were poorly equipped for? No, I don't think there was anything that <laughs> was really on the table. <laughs> for, to, to, How to gross really just doing that. <laughs> and when, when you think about the, the potential moves they could have made, uh, they were, you know, I remember, uh, you know, sort of the talk about, oh, maybe you swing Norman Powell for uh, Bogdanovich. And it, it was stuff along those lines where you don't really know if you're even getting better. And so I think with uh, Serge and Mark being free agents now, I think that was something that I thought would play on Masai's mind and maybe sort of creating some flexibility that way because you, you you had Fred to worry about as a free agent as well and you didn't want to you know yeah. potentially walk into a situation where you're losing all three so uh, I that was my thinking at the time behind why there might be a trade uh, and then you know I think I was just throwing in sort of a supplemental deal that mm-hmm. you know in the fringes to, to get over that 1.5 but you know, one of those I, cap I circumvention specials baby <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, I don't have I don't have any issues with not pulling the trigger on anything. I am with you. I'm sorry to the weird sports radio voice. I'll never do that again. Uh, <laughs> we move on. Raptors to be named All Stars is question number twelve on our list here. Uh, the over under was set at one and a half. All three of us took the over, so we all get the point. Sahal, going into next season. Like I feel like Pascal's probably like considering he would got all NBA this year and there'll be some growth. I feel like he's probably in line to be a perennial all-star at this point. If you had to pick between Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, or mystery Raptor otherwise, like in addition to Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam, who do you think might be in line for a potential all-star spot? Or maybe Kyle takes a step back. I don't think that's going to happen. He's still very good. But if there is another Raptor who might get in the mix for all-star next season, who are you putting your money on? I think it's going to be Fred. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very confident that Fred um, 
will eventually become um, an Eastern Conference All-Star if he does come back to Toronto. Um, I think, obviously, you look at the past 10-ish years, the Eastern Conference point guard pool has not been um, as as high in top-end talent as the West. Um, of course, you have your Kyle Lowry, who's been one of the better guards conference in terms of both conferences in the last decade. Um, but, I mean, past that, you have guys like Kemba, and then you have, like, a John Wall, who had a very good prime, but now he's injured, so... Um, will he come back the same? I think Fred Van Fleet is going to get paid, obviously, this summer, and then he's going to come back. He has a lot more to prove. I think his, his points are going up. I think his assists are going up. I think all of his numbers are going up. Um, and then, obviously, if he does come back with Toronto, who most people expect will be a 45-plus, possibly a 50-plus win team next year, um, I think you're you're likely going to get um, at least consideration for an all-star berth for Fred Van Fleet. And that does not discount OG Ananobi, Um or whoever else um, the Raptors might trade for or sign. Um, but I think Fred is the front runner in, in that conversation. Uh, Vivek, same question to you. Uh, man, I, I just think the guard spots are going to be tough uh, with Fred because you saw you mentioned uh, John Wall, Kyrie's going to be back too. And so, oh, yeah. Uh, and then we know, I mean, if Trey Young can be an all-star when his team's winning like five games, then. Uh, <laughs> and, guys are, and guys are dropping 45 on him, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just feel like that's going to be tough for Fred, especially now. I think the other thing, too, is the Raptors have set a really high bar, right? Yeah. And so while this year they exceeded expectations, now this is kind of going to be set as a standard for next season. And I don't, you know. Depending on who's back and who's not, uh, I don't know if we can expect the same level of success next season. Yeah, already book, booking in your under for the win total next year. I like it. Uh, yeah, put that to paper for back. Put that to paper for next year because I'm yeah. taking I'm taking the Fred All Star berth. It's a good tease ahead. I um I think the most likely of the two is maybe OG because I feel like there's probably a leap coming. Mm-hmm. I I would think I would bet against both of them making it i would say though i think og next year we could very well see kind of have the pascal breakout season from 2018 19 where he kind of flirts with all-star he averages like 16 17 a game and he's on a good team so people kind of think oh maybe he should be the 12th guy or whatever or maybe like an injury replacement i don't think he'll get there but i do think we will see a big jump from og in terms of his candidacy next year and fred was kind of in that conversation this year already like he was yeah exactly. um, you know in a very depressed east he was you know probably like three or four spots away from getting on so uh, not out of the question but i think with the guard depth and kevin durant coming back and taking up a spot as well i think that's going to make it a little bit more tricky for the raptors to get three i still think they probably get two because uh if these playoffs showed anything people freaking love kyle lowry and uh i think he's going to be kind of like a coach's pick for the rest of time until he doesn't want to be anymore we move on uh question number 13 this one was the one we were waiting for to do this podcast the uh total raptors end of season award wins obviously they're they're not going to win mvp so we don't have to worry about that and the All-NBA teams came out yesterday with Pascal getting on. I took the under on this. The over-under I set, by the way, at 1.5 total awards. This encompasses all defense nods, all-NBA, oh. rookie of the year, all-rookie, all that stuff. Uh, and for some reason, I just took a, a, the under at 1.5. So did Vivek. So Hall took the over, and it is over by a freaking mile. They get uh, Pascal on all-NBA. They get yep. Terrence Davis on all-rookie, and they get Nick Nurse winning coach of the year which I don't think any of us really considered when we were doing this exercise in October. 
and uh, we're sitting here with with Sahal getting the point, which is uh, you know troublesome to be sure. Uh, we're running out of time to catch up here. Um, with this one, Sahal, is there a snub? If there, I mean, there's a couple snubs. I think the all defense thing, the all NBA thing for Kyle. What is the one that you're most angry about? Uh, probably the all NBA for Kyle. Um, yeah. I think when you look league wide there's three guys that I believe could have been there instead of Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. And that's Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, and Bradley Beal. Um, those three had phenomenal, phenomenal seasons. Chris Middleton, 50, 40, 90. Kyle Lowry, we all watched him all season long. And then into the bubble, what he did, um, so consistent. And then Bradley Beal, who, of course, was on a 25-win Wizards team. But, I mean, they probably would have had seven wins without him. So he averaged 30 points per game. So those three definitely – deserve a shout but in Kyle Lowry's case it's it has to be him like he he should have made the all-nba third team this year no questions asked um mm-hmm. I don't know what else he, he really had to do I mean second best record in the NBA you know the best player on the Raptors um I'm not sure I'm not sure what it is but to be to be honest I am at this point what are we question 13 I'm flexing my shoulders like Brock Lesnar <laughs> uh, the confidence is starting to flow in and um yeah I'm gonna keep it short and sweet yeah, there's not going to be much drama with this. You've already clinched the wins to Hall. It's now uh, for me and Vivek to fight for second place, which is uh, depressing. Um, yeah, I- I'm most upset about Kyle not getting All-NBA as well. I think the All-Defense thing, like, certainly it's weird that the second-best defense in the league, about which uh, many a think piece was written all season long, gets no All-Defense guys, but it was vote cannibalization. And probably the most deserving guy, Marcus Saul, didn't play enough games. So whatever. It is what it is. It sucks. They'll have All-Defense guys going forward. Kyle Lowry doesn't have many more kicks to this can and i don't know what the hell he has to do like you said i guess he has to uh average triple doubles uh, every game three years ago and then he'll get on the all of the yeah. um we go on regular season wins 49.5 was the over under even with the pandemic two of us are getting the point for taking the over vivek you took the under at 48 uh and if we just if we prorated it you still uh would have come in losing this one vivek because they were on pace for far more than 48 wins before the stoppage as well uh so hall and i are gonna get the point on this one vivek let's let's go back to when you picked 48 as the win total for the team obviously not a terribly pessimistic one it's you know pretty reasonable after losing Kawhi Leonard to danny green what do you think you were missing what were you not seeing when you called for that 48 wins and didn't see them, you know, nearly getting up to 60. Um, wait, what was the over under at? The over under was 49 and a half. You, you said under and you picked 48 as your exact win total. True, true, yeah. true. I mean, technically they finished what, 14, 46 and 18. They were 53 and 19 after the bubble. Oh, true. Yeah. Those true, are regular true. season games, baby. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I think I was thinking in terms of, you know, I still obviously expected them to beat up on the East, but I just thought their record against the West wouldn't be as good. And so that's where I was wrong because the West was not good. And yeah, I I think that was pretty much the difference for me. Um, Again, you know, 48 wins. Now in hindsight, yeah, I probably should have gone higher, but. I, I just thought this was going to be a season of growing pains. And I thought, you know, whether you were looking at Norman Powell or Fred Van Vliet stepping into a starting role, whether you were looking at uh, Pascal Siakam adjusting to the number one option, 
um, just things like that. I didn't, I didn't think they'd play out as well as they did. And again, you know, I think this, this is a, this is a good reminder of where expectations maybe should have been closer to going into the season and how ridiculous it is that they exceeded it by as much as they did. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I also, I, I don't know if going forward, I can ever pick an under for a Kyle Lowry led Raptor team. <laughs> it just seems extremely dubious to do so considering the last seven or eight years of proof that when you do that, they're going to go take the over and beat it by a mile. Um, but yeah, you know, your skepticism early on, I think was totally fair, especially, yeah, the West was really good and they happened to, you know, bludgeon some West teams. They probably shouldn't have bludgeoned at times throughout the season. So that was uh, certainly a help to the record. Uh, we move on to the final question here, the victory lap for Sahal. Uh, he's going to win this. We all get the point on this one. Uh, the playoff series win over under. I was a coward in setting this. Let's be honest. I said it, it at 0.5. What was I doing? Like, there was no way they weren't going to win a first-round series against one of the dog shit bottom feeders in the East, um, which, again, I was picking them to go up against. I picked them for 51 wins, so it's not like I was thinking of 4-5 here or anything like that. And, um, yeah, they definitely go the over. They almost super go over go the over. They're like a few minutes away from winning two playoff series. Uh, so, Hall, there's not much to talk about analysis-wise with this one, so I will give you the floor as we near the end of this podcast to gloat and point and laugh at Vivek and I. You know what? Um, the last two years have been tough. Um, watching Vivek win twice in a row, watching Sean put up a damn good fight, um, but you know, I'd look forward to this moment and for every single listener out there, um, I've spent the last 365 days locked up in my basement. Um, I haven't seen sunlight in, in this last year. I've been studying the Raptors in hopes to win, um, something like this. So, um, now I'm here and this is the moment I've been waiting for. Um, Vivek, I'm very sorry. You know, I love you, but, um, this is my moment. This is my moment to shine. Um, and, um, yeah, I knew that if I wanted to ever win this contest or, or whatever you want to call it, um, I wanted to destroy you guys. And I feel like I did that. So um, I don't want to rub it in too much, but uh, I will be here next year. And uh, <laughs> it will be, it will be a, the same result. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, going 12 of 15 is pretty damn impressive, man. I got to say, uh, you had your finger on the pulse of this season from the very beginning. So congratulations on your hard-earned victory. Vivek, we got to go back to the drawing board. I mean, you've got two titles to rest on. I uh, should maybe forfeit hosting duties on the podcast because I suck at this stuff, apparently. Um, <laughs> but Vivek, any parting shots on uh, this little exercise here on the Raptors season that we just relived as a whole? No, I mean, uh, uh, no parting shots. I'm just glad, you know, sort of like Kawhi, my winning mentality has seeped through uh, Here we go. this hall. And he was able to carry over that championship swag uh, and get it done this year. So I look forward to some real competition and a real fun battle next year. I'm getting relegated to like Raptors reasonableists or something uh, after my performance. Oh, yeah. there. So uh, <laughs> congrats on becoming cool. the new co-host of the podcast guys. You guys, that should be cool. what we do now that like going forward, it should just be, uh like like a passing of the torch to whoever wins this as the true expert on the team uh, uh just like the philadelphia 76ers and the uh milwaukee bucks and the la clippers i am an enormous fraud and uh should not have nearly as, as much hype as i do um <laughs> i don't have any hype what are we talking about anyway that's gonna do it for today's show uh so hall 
Champion Sahal, uh, we got to throw it to you. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, follow me on, on Twitter, sabdi28. I'm still, you know, I'm going to do a change.org petition because I want that at Sahal Abdi username, <laughs> and that guy blocked me. So um, I'm still going to fight for that. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Raptors Republic. The season's over, so you're not going to see that much of me. But on Twitter, I'm always active. Um, and, yeah, uh, I really want to play uh, that champion song, but I don't know what the copyright situation is. Yeah, we'll get in trouble for that. I don't think we can do yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> but just imagine in your head, listeners. I mean, I could probably sing it, and it would be under parody because it'd be so bad. So we could probably get away with it. But I'm not going to do that to the fine listeners who have sat with us for 40 minutes on this. Uh, Vivek, anything you want to promote? Yeah, I wrote a piece on Masai based off his season-ending press conference. I'll have another story about Jamal Murray ahead of the Western Conference Finals. So you can check that out at all at Complex. I might have some stuff for Raptors Republic as well. And besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. Hell yeah. Uh, our Denver Nuggets. Go read the Jamal Murray piece. It might be up by the time you're listening to this podcast on Friday. So go check that the hell out. You can find me on Twitter as always, of course, at Woodley Sean at Lockdown Raptors is the show Twitter account. Um, and uh, that's kind of, I don't have much to plug. Uh, basketball came out yesterday. It was a really, really fun episode of uh, Basketball with Katie and I. It was Rasheed Wallace's birthday, so it was a big event on the podcast. And we talked about astrology. We made fun of the Clippers a whole bunch. I highly recommend you go check that out. And if you want to be part of our Patreon trivia, trivia night on September 29th, you can sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash basketball with two H's. And that is going to do it. Uh, you guys have a lovely evening. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And the listener, thank you for listening and have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday as we continue with the probably interminable offseason. We'll get you some fun stuff, I promise. Don't worry. Uh, until then, have a good one. We'll talk to you Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.